Welcome to Clinically Impressed, the show where we dive deep into the world of social work, mental health, and everything in between. We are your hosts, Rebecca and Ashley, and we will explore various social work topics with the use of insight, guests, and lots of curse words. I'm thrilled to have you join the chaos coordinators today. I'm Ashley, MSW grad, clinical therapist, and formally did time in the CPF trenches. And I'm Rebecca, LCSW, clinical therapist, doctoral student, and also served some time for CPS. Before we jump into today's topic, make sure you're subscribed to our podcast so you never miss out on the newest episodes. And if you enjoy what you hear, leave us a good review. If you don't, then don't. Be f- real. And let's get started on today's topic. Welcome back, Clinics, to season one, episode four. I almost messed that one up pretty <laughs> bad, um, where we're going to talk about everything related to the pandemic today. But before we get started, Bex is going to jump into <laughs> anything um, pop culture. Yes. Okay. So I have to talk about this. Ben wanted to talk about it. Girl math. Girl math yes. and boy math. Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I jumped ahead. I was going to oh. say girl math first. Okay. Girl math. So do what do you know? Do you know girl math? My Can you tell me? favorite girl math is if I have Starbucks money on my Starbucks app, I basically have the coffee for free. free. And I never had to get any money out of my bank account. Anyway. A thousand percent free. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. Okay. One of my favorites that I actually use a lot is if you buy a ticket for a concert that's months ahead of time, mm-hmm. like let's say I spent $300 on a concert, but concert's not till December. By the time December comes, I'm going to a free concert. It's free. Because you got your money back already. Well, yeah. And I didn't spend anything because it's December. And now I can spend whatever I want at the concert. I can buy all the merch that I want because it's all free. Exactly. Yeah, if that's girl math. Um, or if I buy clothes or something on my debit card and then I return it to Target and they give me back cash. Free. Free. Free cash. Free money. Basically just hit Monopoly. And then, yes. And then any money I spend at the airport, that's survival mode, first of all. All of that. I can spend however much money. That money's not real. Mm-hmm. All airport money, free. But my biggest question, have you seen... Boy math. Boy math. Yes. Boy math <laughs> and neurodivergent math. There's all kinds of math. Well, there is all kinds of math, but boy math specifically, I love how it's funny. It's getting the- toxic. No. <laughs> First, they deserve it. Sorry. The girl, the girlies are so fucking funny. I can't handle it because I think it started from boys making fun of girl math. And so then the girls were like, okay, let's do boy math. I, I- I think it was the Target thing where the guy in Target was recording his wife and she goes, I have cash. I'm going to pay for this whole thing in cash. So basically this is free and I'm not using any of your money. Girl math. That's girl math. (laughs) That that works. Okay. Well, some of my favorite boy math because they're just being dragged and it's amazing. I'm loving it. I got, I got a few. Taking your ex to court because you didn't like paying $200 in child support and now you have to pay $800. Boy math. (laughs) (laughs) Makes no sense, but okay, sir. Uh, Saying you don't know how to clean the bathroom or do dishes, but detailing your car with several different tools and products. (laughs) (laughs) I have my ex immediately. Um, Being told how complex landing an aircraft is, but then assuming you can do it if there was an emergency. Boy Boy math. math. (laughs) Boy math. 
Um, knowing all the stats on your fantasy team, but not knowing your girlfriend's birthday. <laughs> Boy, man. <laughs> anniversary. Oh, my gosh. Uh, being afraid of dating a gold digger when your mattress is on the floor. <laughs> okay. That, I heard that one, and I just, just about cried. My fa- so this is my funny. favorite one because I feel like this one is the most realistic to pretty much any man I've yeah. ever met. This one right here. Being 6'2", but somehow shorter than a 5'10 woman. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> there was something about wanting a wanting a perfect 10 woman, but you don't have 10 cents to your name. Oh. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I just I think it's hilarious because it started from just such a genuine, wholesome, cute place of girlies being like, girl math. And then it got made fun of. And they were like, oh, you want to play games? Yeah. So, okay, let's talk about boy math. I got I got a good one. Social okay. work math. Social Are work you math. ready? Yeah. Not having enough time to fill out a form to get an assistant to supervise your visits. So now you have to do it yourself and transport. Social work math. Social work math. Leaving the office with 12 files and homes to go to and being shocked that you were only able to go to four. Social work math. Social work math. Okay. Telling clients you'll be there at 12 and getting there at 2.30. <laughs> That's why you give up a guesstimation. I'll be there between 12 I, and 2. I never did that personally, but it happens all the time. And that's like such a thing. Everybody hates social workers because we're late to everything. Well, there's a reason for that. There's a reason. Social work math. It's, yeah, it's social work math. I couldn't think of anyone. I was really trying. Like, what is social work math? And or having 30 kids to see and only two days left in the month. That's social work. You can get it done. Social work math is magic. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's deep. Now yeah. now my feelings are starting to get hurt. <laughs> <laughs> or having to be at work at 8 a.m., leaving your house at like 7.55 and you definitely still have time for Starbucks. That's social work math. Yeah. Traffic math. Social work math. <laughs> my boss ain't mad math. No, exactly. Math. Okay. But that's, that's what's new. Oh my and gosh. It's trending all over TikTok. I love it so much though. <laughs> Whenever someone gets on there, it just cracks me up. It's great. So today mm. we're going to talk about our personal experiences mm. in the social work world during the pandemic. Is it over? When it- did it start? <laughs> that was my. First I remember question. when. It I mean, I think I remember when it started. I feel like pandemic started when there was all the. Well, every state was kind of different. There was like the federal announcement, and then every state like somewhat reacted differently. But yeah, I feel like there was an overall like what. March 2020 was pretty much ish. Yeah. Pandem. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And literally the entire world shut down, but we didn't. And I'm like, what? What pandemic? We as in, we as in social workers. We as in social workers. Yeah. I know all a lot of social workers that still had to continue to work as usual. Yeah. Like nothing changed. They had to go back to work the next day. There was no like office shut down. I mean, there were some changes. Well, actually, I was going to say is what I felt was very personally for me, what was really difficult about the pandemic was that there was a huge change, but the work itself had to kind of stay the same. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you can't go into offices, but you still have to go see all your clients. You still have to do everything. Sometimes you still have to print stuff. So there was a very interesting like development in that. And there were those people. There was people who wanted to be in the office and mm-hmm. continue the work. And there was people who didn't. Mm-hmm. I was in office for a second. I wanted to be in the office. Same. If I had to continue to work that type of job, yeah. there was no me working that job from home. It like, was hard. You have to go see people face to face. And then, I mean, I think it, this is one of the most untalked about topics for us as social mm-hmm. workers, because we were so impacted by it. But like, we had little conversation. We watched the world shut down 
But we were still working. And we were still going. Yeah. Which I'm sure nurses and cops and, and people in the, the helping profession all experienced the same thing. But mm-hmm. what is it like? We we had one week of a break and then we had to go back to the office. I don't even remember that. I don't I remember everyone talking about like, oh, we're going home. And there were some workers. It depended obviously on your role. Yes, some, that's true. Some workers were able to completely telework and Oh, it was either telework and then do field work. Mm-hmm. But some people still had to go to the office because like FASLA had to print stuff. Like there's, you know, reports and yeah. warrants and there's a lot of stuff that you had to do. Um, How did you deal with the fear that like you as a person could have been totally terrified as a social worker, right? Mm-hmm. Of the pandemic, of getting sick, of your family getting sick, of bringing it home. But then you had to go and be a totally different side of the coin with people in the field who you had to see. And they were terrified of the same thing, Mm -hmm. but you couldn't align with them and say, Hey, I'm also scared. I don't want to come into your house and see everything in there. Cause what if I get sick? Right. You had to shut that part of you down. I, Oh, I think this goes along with just how I am as a social worker. It was, that part was kind of easy for me, honestly. It was it was sad, mm-hmm. but I stopped seeing my family as much, especially um, like when I would go see some of my family and they weren't like abiding by certain type of quarantining mm-hmm. rules that I thought were really important. And I had to stop visiting so much. And my reasoning in my mind was, well, I can't expose myself to certain things because, you know, we work the gamut of all people, infancy to death. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to expose someone else and be the cause of further harm. Like my ethical code is not to cause further harm mm-hmm. ever. It, you know, do no almost harm. That's what we say. Right. Almost to the point of self, like you self neglect in a way. Because it was you, definitely a lot of self uh, sacrifice for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, there was a lot of what I felt was isolation. And for me, I definitely felt immediately, I don't know the word, but I immediately family with workers, like with my, with staff. Oh yeah. The people who can actually understand what you were going through. Yeah. I felt very close with them right away. I had a very personal experience during when the pandemic first started. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my, my family knew what I did for a living. Mm-hmm. And when they realized that I didn't quarantine and I wasn't, I couldn't, you know, just stay home when I had to go out and do the work that I do. Um, they wouldn't allow me to see the elderly people in the family. Mm. And so I got really hateful messages from them saying that I, um, I'm exposing the family if I come around and it just, it's very isolating. I mean, I can understand that fear. I don't know if there's a reason to be hateful about it. Well, like, why you don't just know be that like family. Fearful? <laughs> cause there's that, cause that's fair. Yeah. Cause I had that same kind of conversation cause I have a lot of young children in my family and there was that conversation that I had with some of my siblings Yeah, and I said like, I want to come up there this week, but this is you know exactly what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I don't feel comfortable mm-hmm. with it. What do you, despite how you feel? Yeah. So every, everybody had such a different opinion, but there was no reason to be hateful about it. It was a very challenging time during that time. That's sad. I'm and sorry. It's okay. It's, <laughs> but it's very telling. It's yeah. Like uh, the fear had overcome a lot of people. Yeah. And the fear could turn into being that kind of response to Mm -hmm. those who are still working out there because Mm -hmm. we didn't have the profession to shut down. You know, we had to still interact and, and, and help families and things like that. So, I mean, I can only imagine how the families we served feel. 
Yeah, very scary. Um, because realistically, allowing a social worker into your home is just exactly that. Allowing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's not like a court ordered reason that I have to go in here. Well, some, there are some, Mm -hmm. but it's still definitely allowing us in. Tell me about your first mask experience or do you remember? Oh my gosh. I remember they, they were like, before you can come back to the office, you have to go to this certain location to get tested and, and, um, what is it fitted for PPE gear. Mm, And I remember like, I already don't have a good sniffer anyway. So how am I going (laughs) to smell the smell? Like, it's not because I have COVID. It's like, I had to put my hands up and say, Oh my gosh, not me. But, um, I remember they put that big old hood on Mm. and they sprayed that smelly smell into the mask. And they're like, tell me if you smell it. And I'm like, (laughs) Did they say it like that? Yeah, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to smell, but I don't smell it. So maybe we're doing the PPEs. Oh my gosh. Okay, I have a I have an interesting first mask story because for my office, we were told um, that you could you had to wear a mask, Mm -hmm. but we didn't have the PPE or gear yet. And so, but so you were told to get a mask, and just like the rest of America, all of a sudden we were like. How do I make a mask? Like, what am I supposed to do? I lived in an apartment complex and I randomly went to go check my mail one day, you know, like in a centralized yeah. place with all the little mail lockers. And there was this brown paper bag, like hanging from something. And it said like free masks or whatever, uh-huh. which sounds very dangerous. Yeah. But I was like, what the hell is this? Oh, I'm so op- Yeah. So I open it up. It is definitely hand sewn, personally made masks and it was they were kind of crappy yeah. obviously because they were just like with fabric uh-huh. but it was aladdin and it was blue with uh-huh. like a little genie all over it, little genie faces oh like disney's gosh, aladdin that's cute it was adorable yeah but it was so like not great like it was just a rectangle fabric sewn together and i used it i used yeah. that was my first mask i yeah. had to use it for a while i think at least a week or two and i had to wash it you know you're trying to follow all the yeah. rules and then like other people in the office suddenly they were like Oh, my mother-in-law's sewing masks, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, you know, and so then we all just started to gather them. And then, gosh, it had to be like a month or two. Suddenly, there were all these masks that you could buy for $2 oh, at Target, yeah. the cloth ones, and then all the discussion on what was the best kind. Like, are you supposed to wear the paper one or the N95 or the K95? Yeah. Or, oh, my gosh. It was crazy. It's the new norm. Like, let's all wear masks. You mm-hmm. have to match your mask with the outfits. Hell, and, yeah. Like, I was so that person. Yeah. So, you know, just, absolutely. <laughs> I just went black all of a sudden. I'm like, I'm going to wear a black mask, and that's yeah. it. I'm not doing anything else. I I will say, although it was horrible and the reason we had to have the masks were terrible, I was a person that did not hate wearing masks. Honestly, I didn't either because there's a lot of times where you're you're dealing with a lot like something challenging or something funny and it's not appropriate to laugh and you mm-hmm. had that mask to cover up all those emotions. Oh my gosh, amazing. It was like constant poker face. Yeah. And I get told constantly about my bitchy face. I actually what I get mm. told is to Adjust my face? Fix my face oh, is what people tell me frequently. I actually heard someone tell you that when we worked together. Yeah. I know. I was like, so wow. Rude. <laughs> it, yeah. I, animation. Come on, guys. I know. Just because it's I'm not smiling, suddenly I'm a bitch. But that's whatever. To each their own. So I was very grateful for the mask mm-hmm. because I do get told to smile, which I feel like I smile all the time. So whatever. But when I'm deep in thought... It's angry. It looks yeah. mad. So I was grateful for the mask. They helped. Yes. They helped. I probably wore them for longer than I needed to. But, and I still wear them now even when I go on a plane. Because I'll fall asleep. Like, I'm afraid of falling asleep and then my mouth is open. Oh. No, thank you. I mean, so. that's, I mean, 
it really did help a lot of people to have these masks. And that's, that's one I still have why. a pot of them next to my door just in case. Yeah. Cause like, if you go into a healthcare facility, first of all, why weren't we always wearing masks whenever we walk into a hospital? Some of this stuff seems so bizarre. Well, it's interesting because obviously suddenly there were like posters on how to wash your hands, which wow. Why do we have to study that? <laughs> Don't you? Doesn't anybody sing their ABCs while they're washing their hands? Twinkle, twinkle. Yeah. So that was upsetting to know that so many people didn't know how to wash their hands. Um, And then the the birthday cakes is what got me the most. When like, because I was seeing a bunch of things on TikTok of like how to change. Like these things are gross. And then people realizing like, why didn't we always think this was gross? Oh, you mean blowing out blowing out candles on a birthday cake? Oh my gosh! So. I always thought that was gross because I'm really weird about spit specifically. And that to me suddenly like, oh, thank God, everybody else is now going to think this is gross. And no, people still do that. I I think it's so weird. I'd never eat cake. No, at a party, I can't. So whenever I'm a person that has to make a cake at a party, I either make two and I know which one I'm going to make. This just happened to me over the weekend, actually. Oh my gosh. Yes. It was my grandfather's 90th birthday. Of course, we don't like candles. I wanted to make a small, like an individual cake, but I didn't have one of those pans. So I had to make two cakes because I knew. That worked out for you. I'm not going to eat that cake. I'm going to eat the other one. <laughs> oh, my God. But usually, because I in my family, I make cakes for parties. And I always make a small one for the That's candles. genius. That's genius. You can have your spit cake. I'm going to eat this one that has no spit on it's it. It's just ugh, gross. Especially when it's, like, young children. Because young children don't even know how to, like, you know. And their boogers <sighs> get on there, too. Oh, God. Just, yeah. Just, it's all, it's all gross. And I, I, I don't, I already didn't share straws with anybody. I already oh. didn't do any of that stuff. But. Also, I'm so glad buffets shut down. I am grossed out by buffets. I cannot. I don't go to those, so I don't know. Well, they shut down during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. I don't know if they're still, they're probably still operational. People love buffets. Pay 15 bucks and they get all the food you can eat. Absolutely not. But I could never, I could never grasp the fact of, let me go get this shared salad that everyone else touched or these muffins that everyone else touched. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Do you think that this has anything to do with, like, your personal preference versus, like, being a social worker, being in other people's homes, kind of affecting how you view, like, germs and contamination and all that? I I think it definitely impacted Mm. um, my view of, like, what people actually do. Like, Mm. going into all these homes as a social worker, I can't tell you the amount of grossness I've seen in homes. absolutely. they're not lying when they say you go in and keep your bag close to your chest and don't sit down because there's pee stains, there's yeah. roaches, there's there's just dirt everywhere, grime. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been into some re- pretty funky places. Yeah, that definitely impacted my view on. Yeah, I think that kind of food cha- that did kind of change me a little bit too. Like I used to feel like I was a cleanly like like in my home. I felt like my home was somewhat clean. And then I think working a lot in social work, suddenly it was Mm -hmm. like a different level. Mm -hmm. Like, cause yeah, it only people who understand when you say like, oh, I can smell roaches. Oh yeah. People who don't know what that means. They just not about this Mm -hmm. life, man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Or even being a social worker in mental health, like you have Mm -hmm. a lot of conversations with people who um, have a really hard time bathing yeah. in general. And so I that smell too, yeah. you, you don't want those people to 
not that they're, they're bad people. They're struggling. It's yeah. that you just are very mindful about like the food that you touch and the, the things that you eat yeah. and the things that you do. Yeah. It, it just, it affects you in a different way. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That is so sad. I know what you're talking about. And it's, it's sad when you smell that because it's really like, okay, this is about to become like infectious. We have mm-hmm. to figure have out how to. to make you feel better. Yeah. Oh, that's so sad. Do you remember when, um, we, we just came to work one day during the pandemic and there was tape all over the floor. The arrows! Yes. Oh, first of all, those were all over the world. That was why I just thought that was happening to us. I don't know. No, well, like grocery stores, like the stickers on the, on the, oh, on the floor. Yeah. Like, stay in here. Uh-huh. Oh, first of all, let me say, the arrows I didn't understand because suddenly I felt like I was in the streets. <laughs> yes. But the stickers that said, like, you can stand here and then mm-hmm. how do you, they can stand there. Man, we should have also had those a long time ago. Yeah, because people be too close to me. Bumping me with their car. <laughs> I just can't stand people. Just give me some personal space. But the the arrows were, I think that was like a, a like an awakening for me. I, I went into the office. We were still business as usual. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly there's arrows telling you which way to walk and who not to bump into. And you can only go this way down this aisle and this yes. way down the other aisle. And it was just... I Real. made so much fun of those. Yeah. But from like, you know, a break the ice kind of thing. Cause some of that stuff I think had, um, unintended consequences. The idea is obviously we're trying to keep everyone safe and let's like, mm-hmm. this is going to help people navigate through the office to have the least type of like face to face impact. But the reality is you walk into your office, there's these weird, alarming, colorful tape that tells you which way to walk now. And it, instills fear into people so immediately everyone asking me questions Mm -hmm. i was just like i would start saying if i saw somebody walking the wrong way like traffic ticket i'm on the way like (laughs) i was making those jokes i think it was necessary because i remember having a lot of conversations with people who were just terrified Mm -hmm. people were very scared a lot of people didn't want to go in the field anymore i think social work practice lost a lot of employees during that time because it did people didn't want to work face-to-face with clients anymore because they're terrified and no one was really helping them process the fear because everyone was in the fear yeah absolutely i had a lot of conversations with people um about basically making the choice between family and work Mm -hmm. and am I going to put my family at risk or am I going to do this job and for me in the way that I view my job it's not just a job it's it's more than that to me Mm -hmm. and so I was having conversations with you know the management and saying like send me I don't have a baby at home Mm -hmm. I don't I'm not taking care of an elderly parent like I, I was one of those people that felt like there needed to somewhat be a hierarchy, not a hierarchy. What's the right term? Like a list, like a volunteer list. I was wanting that. And I said like, I'm not, I don't have anyone at home to harm. Mm -hmm. So I can go. Yeah. Versus that person who had a baby six months ago. Why can't I go before them? Yeah. You know? So I felt like that was something important, but that's, that you can't do that. That's not allowed. And it wasn't happening everywhere. Yeah. I think I think I was in the same boat as mm-hmm. you. I was volunteering to go see um see families Absolutely. and volunteering to go out because I was far removed from the people that I had impact yeah. or could impact. So I was that same way too, but I can't I mean the fear was just insane. It was really intense. A lot of the studies that I've read about have talked about, yeah, clearly there was a negative impact. The pandemic had a negative impact on social work practice, mm-hmm. but the heavier 
impact is on social workers as individuals. Burnout, and oh. if you don't understand what burnout is, burnout is basically just, God. We talked about it in episode one. Yeah, we talked about it, but we didn't define it. Def- I mean, define it. To me, it's like a Burnout feeling. can be all kinds of things. It, it's, it impacts your ability to want to go to work. Mm-hmm. It could be you spiraling into depression. Yeah. It could be you not not giving your all to the job, to the families, to anything anymore because you've been burned by the work. Yeah. So burnout raised, secondary traumatic stress was incredibly risen. Um, And then there was a a study that I read about um, the personal personal accomplishment and feeling like you were doing something good at work, mm-hmm. which of course in our job is so important. That's all, that's all the only reason we wanted to be social workers yeah. is we wanted to have this positive impact. And for some reason that started to feel less post post start of the pandemic. Yeah. Was like you felt like you weren't doing enough. Mm. I think what also impacted that too, because I know it impacted me is that um, everyone gave kudos to all the helping professions like, Oh, you can get free pair of shoes at this place. If you're a firefighter, cop or nurse, Mm -hmm. because you're working during the pandemic. And it almost felt like we were like the stepchildren, the social work were the stepchildren and villainized. Well, invisible is what I would like to say. Invisible children. And we were always screaming like, well, us too. Like we're here. We're here. (laughs) I'm at this house with the police officer. Um, I'm in the hospital with the nurse. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't get the same recognition or credit that all of those professions is. And don't get me wrong. They were doing hard work just the same. Like firefighters still going into homes. Police officers still going into homes. Nurses still working in the COVID units at the hospitals. Crazy. Absolutely. I was in the very beginning too. Right. Uh, No, I think that brings up a really good point of suddenly who was an essential worker. Yeah. And the levels of what that looks like, because essential workers suddenly were, of course, police, fire, healthcare, and then gas station, fast food. Mm-hmm. They were also labeled essential workers. Teachers. Where's their essential pay? Well, no, teachers went home. But they still had to provide um, electronic education to kids. Well, well, that's when I say essential, I'm referring to like people who weren't in who the did not go home. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because that's what was defined at that time. Is that they were meant, they were essential to keep the world turning. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, think about it. We still had to get gas. Yeah. Gas station clerks were still there. Janitors were still at different offices. Still needed food. Hotels still had to be open. Grocery stores. Grocery I can't stores, even tell you. Essential. Yeah. I mean, the reality is what the level of essential suddenly, what we defined as essential, was always essential, but no one had ever given that title before. And what was, did they get essential pay? Was gas station clerk suddenly essential I, pay? I have no idea. No, nah, the answer is no. Because um, that would have been minimum wage. Being I, I don't even think we got essential pay during no. the pandemic. We didn't get any hazard pay or anything like that. They just told you to suit oh, up Oh, yeah, because hazard pay, that was interesting too. Hazard pay was going out to some people and not all. Yeah. And it depended on the state, it depended on the county that you lived in. And really probably just depended on the union you were in realistically. Um, I remember like we had to go to hospitals sometimes, like respond to hospitals and stuff. And um, only vaccinated people could go to the hospital. Yeah. So that was a big conflict too. That was, oh, that was, I forgot Mm -hmm. all about that. Because suddenly there was a list of who was and was not vaccinated. And then that caused a lot of 
segregation. Is that the right word for it? That caused a lot of tension between people. I tried to not let that happen to me. Um, and I didn't, but I did. There was, um, part of me that is so dedicated to the work that like for in my head, it was, if you can't, if you don't get vaccinated, then you're not going to be able to help as many people. And yeah. so to me, it was like, Oh, okay, well then I have to get vaccinated because I won't be able to Easy do these choice things. For you. Yeah. Simple decision. But I also have my, my own personal body is able to take that vaccination and have no issues or no problems right. with it without any type of like, because I knew a lot of people that made that decision. I knew a lot of women that were trying to get pregnant and they were fearful mm-hmm. and rightly so. And it was yeah. like, well, they're not, I'm not going to do that. And so for me, it was like, well, I'm not trying to have a baby. So that's not my, yeah. that's not my concern. But I did see that a lot. And it, for me, it would be frustrating only when it was like, oh, I need you to go here and do this. And it was at a hospital. It was, mm-hmm. oh, I can't go because I'm not vaccinated. Ah, fuck. Who else do yeah. I need to go? So it wasn't like, now I'm mad at you because you're not mm-hmm. vaccinated. But it's like, oh, shit, now i got to get somebody else. <laughs> yeah. to figure it out. It did just make things a lot more complicated for sure. And that's where the hazard pay should have came into play because mm-hmm. you're going into a place that potentially has... If I have to wear a full face mask and that, like... The shield. shield. Uh-huh. Feels hazardous. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. And like even going into like I'm asking health questionnaires before I'm going to visit people. Yeah. And I'm saying, have you had COVID in the last 14 days? Mm-hmm. And if they answer yes, then that definitely impacted my work. And I'm yeah. like, well, I still have to come. That's the thing. It was like, okay, well, can we walk outside? Yeah. <laughs> we had to be creative. Like, I, can you like I wave still out the window? have to ensure that people are safe yeah. and that there's no harm here. Yeah. It was, it was very weird. Yeah. And there wasn't real directions. And when I say that there was minimal directions given from, you know, different states, different governors gave specific types of rules, especially in social work realms, but there wasn't protocols for each situation. Yeah. You know, there was an overall, okay, we'll try to keep distance. What does that mean? And I've, I had to go, especially in the very beginning I had, I was, you know, seen as a COVID worker. I don't know what you call it, mm-hmm. but I was going to the COVID homes. Cause that was a question, you know, before you go. And I was the person that was given gear in the beginning. And so mm-hmm. I had to, which was fine with me, but like, I didn't know what to do. And I was afraid of getting in trouble too. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't have my mask right now, but you're telling me this is an emergency and I need to go. If I go and I get exposed and I'm not wearing the right kind of mask, am I going to get in trouble? Like it was, that fear was a big thing too. I think it impacts, impacts that type of work tenfold because Mm -hmm. like you have to, even if you knew all these safety protocols and even if you knew how it was going to impact or if this family had COVID already, you still had to do your job. And sometimes that meant your exposure. Yeah. And I don't think there was, I know that surrounding places, um, unions were advocating for, for hazardous pay for social workers Mm -hmm. that were still operational Yeah, and they were granted it, but I think it just really depended on who your union was. Yeah, I agree. I had a couple conversations with some, cause some workers were very much right away. No, this is a pandemic. This is, I didn't sign up for this. I'm going home. And in my mind. I, because I have a social work degree and I'm a social worker, I was like, well, this is exactly what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. Actually, this, this is in my mind, this was always what the job was going to be was, 
you know, doing the most, even when like you have to stand up with others. That goes back to title protection. Not yeah. everyone in the field that we were working in was a social worker. Too. Yeah. The, yeah. That's, I mean, that's correct. This. So the conversation I was having frequently whenever it was about, well, we need hazard pay. I kind of made me laugh a little bit and be like, you don't want hazard pay. Cause if you get hazard pay, then you don't get to say, I'm not going to go. Yeah. So you don't, don't say that you're not going to go and then be mad because you're not getting paid more money. Mm -hmm. You get paid more money than you're going to be asked to do more. Yeah. And I think social workers across the United States and even outside in other countries Mm -hmm. were impacted by this whole thing too. Absolutely. And this is just not, this is an operational type of work. Social work is a a very engaging job. Mm -hmm. So just having to now step back and during the pandemic and be like, oh, I can't engage because I don't want to risk exposing you or exposing me. Well, I get it. Yeah. I mean, I, I do understand the idea of that, but in my mind, it is what we signed up for. So exactly. when I was getting, when I was getting that kind of feedback from others, it was like, there's a reason we show up to houses with fire and cops. Like, yeah. We're labeled as first responders. I'm going to need you to act like a first fucking responder. Then. Yeah. So knock it off. Sorry. Sorry to be so like that, but that but was where I was. It's true. Like this is, this is what you signed up for. They warn you about that when you're going through all your training to, mm-hmm. to get into the position. They warn you that this is going to be a very challenging position. It's you have dangerous. to be prepared. Yeah. I don't think any of us were prepared for a global pandemic. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That was definitely a learning lesson. Yeah. 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 It was rough. It was rough. And is it over? I don't even know. It's probably still going. I I wouldn't even be able to tell you that because it just (sighs) never happened for me, I guess. Yeah. Whenever people say things like, oh, well, During during the pandemic. And in my mind, I'm like... Where was that announcement that it's over? Right. Now everyone, I think, just shifted in their mentality. And they're like, you know what? I don't care about this pandemic anymore. Yeah, I just... It's too much. I just live in life. Yeah, I was at the hospital the other day asking about the newest boost. And the nurse... Because I was getting the flu, which people get issues with. But I get the flu. Mm -hmm. I get the flu shot every year. Yeah. Whatever to people that tell me they don't get it. Because every time... There's two people in this world. One... You tell them you got a flu shot. They respond with, oh, I never get the flu shot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or the other person who's like, okay. Yeah. Because who cares? (laughs) Anyway, um, I got the flu once in college. Uh It was the worst experience. Not the worst, but it was horrible. And I thought I was going to die. And so every year from then, flu shot immediately. Uh, So anyway, point is, I was at the hospital, Mm -hmm. gave my flu shot. And um, I asked about the boost because it was up. And I was like, should I be getting that same day? Like, yeah. I don't know the rules, you know, like you're the nurse, you tell me. And because for whatever reason, this vaccine was so politicized, she's like, well, I'm not able to advise you on it. Like, you're the nurse. Is it okay to get it on the same day? And she's like, well, medically speaking, yes, it's fine to get it on the same day. I was like, but am I not going to feel, I don't want to feel icky. Like, am yeah. I going to feel okay? Oh my <laughs> gosh. One of my, my friend Lynn's got both on the same day. And she told me that she just like felt sick that night, which, you know, every individual mm-hmm. body will respond so differently. Yeah. And man, the flu shot, my arm was so sore for like a week. Oh my goodness. And I re- that was the only effect I ever got from getting vaccinated yeah. for the COVID was I could barely like lift my arm for like two days. I remember that. Horrible. I remember that. Ugh. Yeah, I couldn't even like brush my hair. Horrible. It was not a good look for me. <laughs> I don't think. I, I think it was great for me during the pandemic because my hair was just always up in a bun. I there never had go, to yeah. do it. The face mask was on. It was just great. But I think to 
to wrap up our COVID talk, mm. I think that we just never, as social workers across the globe, we just, this hasn't been a conversation that has been had very much. Yeah, there's a lot. There is some research that you can find. Unfortunately, for United States, social work isn't super surveyed or researched. There's not ter- like too many articles. Social work practice is looked into a lot, but like the effect on social workers themselves, most of the research happens in either China or England. England has a Mm -hmm. lot of research done. I feel like they're more open to being able to do like single subject designs, like right inside their own system. Mm -hmm. One article I read the other day talked about how um, if you were white, married, and heterosexual, the survey within this one research study said that you had a, there was like a minimal negative impact from the pandemic personally. Your interpersonal oh. life was like minimally impacted. Whereas if you were part of the LGBT community, you had a higher stress level, according to the survey that wow. I filled out, their stress level was higher post pandemic and how they felt personally post pandemic. That's interesting. It is really interesting because I would also like to know. Because all it labeled, obviously, those two categories yeah. is one, LGBT community. There's a million things within that. Yeah. But, uh, like, because I wondered, the first category was married. And so it was like, oh, okay, well, you're automatically partnered with someone. So is your stress level not as high? Because isolation isn't affecting you. Because isolation affects oh, that, a lot of people during the true. pandemic. So if to just label the second category is LGBT Oh my god, we're not There's even. There's so many different what that mean? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah. That is one aspect is to a human person. So yeah, that says nothing about anything else. But overall, though that ginormous group of people um was speaking nothing about race or marriage or religion, um the higher stress level. Wow, that's crazy. So I'd like to white straight married and BD. You were good. You were good. (laughs) Which is crazy because I'm those things and I had, you know, my husband was an essential worker too. Yeah. And like his job never stopped. And Mm -hmm. so it was always high fear, high stress. But I I can imagine how someone in isolation would really feel alone. Absolutely. Well, because I mean, if you even if you're single anyway, you have somewhat isolation. Yeah. But then the pandemic was immediate isolation. Yeah. Like there was no time to prepare. Like, okay, guys, in six weeks, we're going to shut the government down. No, it was like, nope, everyone go home. Boom. You know what I really, what I will always truly love as a result of the pandemic was TikTok. Oh, yeah. Because it blew up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, because everyone was at home. And I, I love that app. I truly do. And I view it as an interesting way that the, like the world communicates with each other. Uh And I think it's so interesting. And, you know, everybody was making banana bread and stuff, but (laughs) so like, do you remember when it was that group of celebrities in the U S that like sang that song? Do you tell me you remember which one? Because the, the the biggest thing I remember from the pandemic was the Tiger King. Honestly, like oh, he was, yeah, he was that was fantastic during God, that. That was such a pure time. That, the, the only pandemic. song I remember is the Carol Baskins song that kept oh. going. <laughs> Whacked him, <laughs> yeah, <kill> exactly. <laughs> that was great. no. There were these celebrities, and they did like this Zoom call or something, or recorded themselves singing like. 
what is that song? It was like a Coke commercial, like hold hands across the world or something like that. Oh my God. It was so bad. Like <laughs> the, the, the rest of us reacted like, read oh the room, God. guys. Yeah. We don't feel bad for you that yeah. you're at home and With you're all building your color house. Yeah. Like, no, we're, no one's, no one feels bad for you. <laughs> Because I think that was them saying, like, no, we're all the same. We're home, too. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. And everyone's like, okay, your square fee is hilarious yeah. to me. It's the size of my whole apartment complex. Get, be so fucking for real. <laughs> um, but I wanted to end on that. Okay. <laughs> well, of, guys, a lot of people. <laughs> let's all hold hands and say that the world is going to be a better place. Right. Um, until next time, uh, make sure to like and follow us on Instagram. And TikTok. Thank you. See you later, guys. And that's a wrap for today's topic. If you want to stay in the loop of anything new and exciting happening with this crazy duo, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Clinically Impressed. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to stay connected, stay hydrated, and always practice safe social work.